Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you for allowing us to appear in your presence this evening, Lord. We come just as we are, and we know you accept us just as we are, Father. We pray that you will continue to mold and shape us into the men and women that you so desire for us, O Lord Almighty. Yes, and it is our desire as well, Father. That is why we keep showing up. That is why we keep coming. Full heart, body, mind, soul, and spirit. We are here, Lord Almighty. The ancient word ever so true. Changing me, changing you. Father, that is why we are here. Continue to work. Work within us, O Lord, that we might find ourselves in your perfect will. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, put your hands together. Let's welcome Reverend Gilbert. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for the power and influence of your Holy Spirit who is writing in us the biography of Christ the very nature and life story of Christ is being written in our lives we pray that we shall be people of faith a people that never give up a people that look to your promise as enduring and lasting and true for which reason my Lord we will last through the times in the name of Jesus Amen we thank the Lord As you can tell, the series on the 25 statements of the can-do man, they are a series on faith. Amen. And as we have said many times, faith speaks. Faith speaks. The, the nature of faith is also the nature of God. And we are told we should have the God kind of faith in Mark chapter 11. And we are also told that Abraham encouraged himself, Romans 4. It says that he did not grow weak in unbelief, but he grew strong in faith. It means that faith grows. So, so it, it can be small, it can be medium, it can be large. Hallelujah. And it can be extra large. Hallelujah. And so the way you exercise faith is by speaking that is the primary way you exercise faith and the speaking can be in the form of a prayer or it can be in the form of an authoritative command or it can be just a confessing to a situation and so the 25 statements of the can-do man they are expressions of the faith of the can-do man the can-do man is the man whose mindset is that all things are possible is that not so and so we went through i think 10 statements or at least we gave a list of 10 statements and as the holy spirit leads 
We've been explaining some in more detail than others. But last week, I believe, or two weeks ago, I tried to give you a list and then we'll, we'll pick it apart one by one. Is that not so? Yeah. All right. So I believe we got to uh, 10. So let's go through the list quickly. Number one is what? All things are possible. Number two. Let us work hard, all right? Number three. Let's try. Let's give it a chance, okay? We have nothing to lose. Amen. Let's copy the one who has done it successfully, all right? That, what number is that? Okay, keep going. I will do it even if no one helps me. Great. We, we use Jonathan as the example, how he went to the war front with his servant and tried to do something. Hallelujah. Amen. And in the arena of soul winning evangelism and doing something for God, you just decide, okay, this is what I, I can do. Not just because somebody is doing it, but this is what I can do. Okay, number seven is what? We are as good as those who have done it. So that becomes an energizing source. Because if you already think that you can't, you are, other people are better than you, you just sit back and do nothing. But if you think you are as good as those who have done it. You know, um, many of you may have followed the Serena Williams thing, have you? Yeah. And I have not followed it enough to make a judgment as to whether what she's alleging is true or not. I, I, know where, where you, I don't know where you stand on the matter. Amen. Um, I'm sure if I should put it to a vote, people are on different sides. But the point I want to make is that, you know the lady, what's her last name, Osaka? Naomi Osaka. So, um, I've had two statements from her. And one statement said that, she said that as a young child, she used to watch Serena Williams play and win at this same event. Hallelujah. So it's like she's watched her all these years. And then, and then after, after all these years now, she has grown to a state where she is competing with the person she used to idolize. Amen. Amen. And now that she has won, you know, the second statement I heard today is that she's saying that I felt like I should apologize to Serena for winning. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't know that story, but, you know, that statement tells you that she feels like, look, people are trying to say that I don't deserve to win this. Hallelujah. But deep inside her, if you can, if you can watch somebody who you, is the, you think is the, at the highest level of something, and now you can grow up and now have the confidence to face the person, you are, you are something. And so that is the mindset of the can-do man, that we are as good as those who have done it before us. Okay, go to the next point. That's, it is not too late to learn something new. Amen. You know, there's a statement, like I said, a lot of statements people make are actually not Bible, but it has become universally accepted. Like, you cannot teach what? A, uh, an old dog, what? New tricks. <laughs> Amen. You cannot <laughs> teach an old dog. So, is this, that thing, if you, if you have a Bible with a search a feature in it, you will see that it's not a verse in the Bible. Hallelujah. Well, it may be true. A lot of statements people make 
why statements people make, including Nigerian and Ghanaian proverbs and things like that, there's some truth to it. Amen. But the thing is that when we come to Christ, we are operating not just in the natural arena, we are operating in the supernatural arena. So there are times that we must know that even though that may be true, that you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. A can-do person thinking with the mindset of God and God's help does not think of themselves that, look, it is too late to learn something new. Hallelujah. Amen. Even some of the dances of the, um, the saved, okay, some of the dances that they do, you would think that it's only kids that age that dance those dances. It's only in our church that we don't have adults dancing some of those dances. And I think we should learn. Because it is not too late to learn something new. Some of the things they are able to do, I say, hey. And I've always been saying that David and Joel should teach me in the house. Hey. Amen. In fact, what was, what, which day was that? Um, maybe last week and all. One of the days this week. You know, Joy insisted I should do one particular move. <laughs> when I did it, Joy quickly ran upstairs. And I didn't know what to make of it. Do you get it? She ran upstairs. And then David was the one left watching. And then he seems he was embarrassed. And so at some point he said, okay, okay, all right. It's, it's like, it's enough, stop it. Amen. <laughs> So when Joy came, I said, Joy, why, why did you run away? So you've been, you've been asking me to do this, and finally I do it, and you don't even stand there to give a commentary. She said, I was going to call Michael. <laughs> Thank God when Michael came, I had stopped. But it is, not too, <laughs> it is not too late to learn something new. Amen. So get ready. We are going to do those dances. Because we are all, we are all young. Sure. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, number one. Is that where we reached? Okay. Let us make the change now. Okay, so that one preceded this one. Now, and then tell it, it is not too late to start. Oh, no, that's actually something uh, else. So like, it's not too late to learn something new, and it's not too late to start. Okay? 11, let us start now. So let's add maybe up to 20, and then we'll come back. Maybe pick one or two. Okay? Number 12, let us work until it is finished. Let us work until it is finished. That's 12. Okay, that's the can-do man. The can-do man doesn't just quit, quit in the middle. Okay, let's finish it. Let's finish the job. 13, let us not go home till we have accomplished it. Hallelujah. Let us not go. It seems like similar. Let us not go home. So this one speaks to about the happiness place you are looking forward to go to. You don't, you don't go there until you finish the job. Let us not go home till we have accomplished it. Number 14, I will never give up. Hallelujah. I will never give up. This is a mindset. It's like having a headstrong mindset. And this is true about life, about your Christian life, about ministry, about your work, about your career, about your relationship. Look, you can even take it to relationship. Like somebody who wants to quit on you or wants to what do you call it? Uh, stop dealing with you. If that person is important, if that person is important in your life, you don't just let it go. Amen. There are some people you shouldn't, if they are angry with you and say, oh, I don't want to do any, have anything to do with you, you shouldn't allow it. But if you are proud and you are not persistent, you say, okay, 
Take yourself amongst your taking myself. <laughs> Amen. Look, look at Elisha. Elijah tried, I think, three or four times to get rid of Elisha. He said, I want you to hear, wait here. Then he said, as God lives and as my soul liveth, I will never depart from you. So he, he could have easily taken offense. Amen. So I will never give up. That's a good mindset to have. 15, I have no time for the opposition. I have no time for the opposition. Many of us, we spend too much time about the, the, the against people. <laughs> We've spent so much time about people who seem to be against you, wasting your time on them. Amen. Last week, Bishop has a saying that he often used to say. He said that I have more time, I would rather want to listen to my dog's barking than listen to these people criticizing. Because sometimes when people are criticizing, it's like, it's like, uh, 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 he said, I would prefer listening to my dog's barking. Amen. And, and then this week, was it last week or this week, a certain head of state of a certain country in the world, <laughs> he made a statement. <laughs> he made a statement. Somebody, he, some, somebody was crying to, somebody was trying to, what do you call it, uh, neutralize his achievements. Someone was trying to say, look, all that you claim to have achieved, you didn't achieve it in your time. The thing started in my era. Do you get, are you getting the grip? And then this guy, he quoted this, this statement by Bishop. He didn't quote it, but quite exactly that. He said, what is the point? Number 15. What's the number 15? What's the point? He didn't quite put it that way. Do you know what he said? He said, I fell asleep. Listening to this, I fell asleep. That is... That, <laughs> he was not watching. <laughs> so he fell asleep. So what he's saying is that is that the thing is like I'm not so I'm not interested in it that I, I, I fell asleep. So 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 it, it may not have it may or may not have happened, Sister Elizabeth, but use that concept that don't waste too much time on the opposition. Somebody doesn't like you. How why important is that person? I mean, why is that person why, why have you made that person so important in your life? They, they don't like you. Are they the ones who employ you? If your employer doesn't like you, that one, you need to deal with that. But even that one, you can look for another job. Sometimes it's not even healthy to stay at a place. Hallelujah. But sometimes all our life, we, f we are fixated on somebody accepting you or liking you. Or, or, or maybe it's not about liking, but it's like they, are, they, they seem to be working against you or saying some things about you which are not true. And then you spend all your time trying to, to defend yourself. No. I have no time for the opposition. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, every point, you have to use it with wisdom. Because Bishop also said, uh, uh, um, one of Absalom's uh, brothers, you know, he was going to deal with someone who had squeezed his face. And when you are dealing with people who, whenever he's smiling with everybody, but especially people in authority or people who have some influence over you, they are smiling with everybody, but you, when, whenever you appear, their face changes. You must know that the person has something against you. So, even though you have no time for the position, doesn't mean go and bring your neck for them to cut it. You have to open your eyes also. Are you listening to me? Sixteen, God is the same. He will help us in the same way. God is the same. He will help us in the same way. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. These are wisdom keys. These are these are, these statements are not coming out of these statements are coming out of somebody who has come from warfare. You know, do you know where the proverbs come from? Do you know the proverbs that we have in our languages? Do you know where they come from? They often come from there's usually a story behind it. Like somebody experienced something. Do you get it? And then out of that experience, somebody formulated a proverb. 
So what I'm saying is that these short phrases which seem to be emphasizing a point about faith and the nature of the can-do man, please understand that it is like a hyperlink. It's like behind it, there's a story. Amen. Amen. Okay? Hebrews 13 verse 8. Let's look at that scripture. Hebrews 13 8. These are the statements of the can-do man. I have no time for the opposition. Even if he's showing... He's on TV. I pretend I'm watching, but I'm not watching. <laughs> and then I pretend I'm asleep, and I'm not, I'm not asleep. Are you there? Yeah. Christ, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. So the point is that God is the same. He will help us in the same way. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, in the time of Habakkuk, you know, I believe Habakkuk chapter 3, the, the people began to it began to describe that God, you know, we want you to, we want you to renew what you did for our fathers in our day. Is that not so? Renew for us what you did for our fathers in our day. And what's his name? Gideon. When the angel appeared, he started also questioning that, how is it that all these miracles that your, our fathers, God did for our father, how come it's not happening? But you see, we need to make our mind to, to, to stand on the promise of, the, of God's word. Even if we have not yet entered into that experience. Hallelujah. Because if we use our experience to negate the word of God, then we are saying that our, our experience is stronger than the word of God. So sometimes God is promising something which we have not yet experienced. Hallelujah. But then we must stand on that ground that the same God. And if we like, if we like, we can actually make it a confession or even challenge God. That Lord, why do you like us more than our ancestors? Amen. Because God likes honesty. God likes you to describe your feelings. Amen. Look, read the psalm. You see how um, David was describing his frustration with God. And God likes that type of open, bare honesty. Amen. But what I'm saying is that by all means, we must not say, well, it's not happening in my life. It's not happening in my days. And actually, there is a whole sect of Christianity called secessionists. Secessionists. Like, they say that God's supernatural moves have ceased since the days of the apostles. They say that the, the miracles and supernatural things God did, it was only needed to confirm the new Christian faith that God was bringing into the world and to also confirm the Bible. So after the Bible, the canon of the Bible was decided and now we have the Bible, we no longer need, what do you call it? Miracles or supernatural. Do you get it? That is whole, a segment of Christianity believes that. But we don't believe that. We believe that what is in the Bible can happen in my life and I'm expecting it to happen. Amen. You see, if you are in such a church, that type of church, and, and uh, you, there's a certain, a certain prayer you will not pray because you don't expect God to move that way. Hallelujah. Amen. But we are of the faith that God is the same. He will help us in the same way. Amen. Amen. Number 17 is very short. Why not? Amen. Why not? Because, you see, most people think of why they should do something. Most people think of the fact that something will not work. So when, when you begin to discuss, oh, can we do this? They say, oh, they will give you 1,001 reasons why we shouldn't do it. Hallelujah. That's how people are wired. People are wired in the sense of why we shouldn't do something. So if you can break away from that trail of thinking and you begin to say, why not? You will see that you separate yourself from the rest of the group. Amen. Amen. Number 18, I will survive. Amen. I will survive. You tell yourself that what I'm going through is not a life sentence. 
You might be going through some hard times. But tell yourself, it's not a life sentence. The can-do man said, I, I will live and not die. And I will live to proclaim the words of the Lord. It's not, I, I have not been, because you see, what happens is that when you have this notion of, why me, why me, every day you are going to be sad. Amen. Do you know that if you want to take notice of bad things that are happening to you, if you have, a, if you like, take a, a, a notepad by your a passenger seat in your chair, in your car, as you are driving, and carry it with you to the parking lot. Carry it with you to Walmart or uh, John Eagle. Carry it with you everywhere. And begin to take notes of bad things that are happening to you. You will get a lot to write down. Amen. Because what happens is that your eyes will be open. Everything you focus on enlarges. So your eyes will be open to other things that you didn't even notice. Do you get it? You go to, you enter a store. You and three other people enter a store. And the two of them were asked, can I help you? But you alone, they won't ask you, what can I? So immediately you begin to think, why, why, why don't, don't, don't think I have money? Amen. Do you get it? So your mind is wired, your mind is wired a certain way. Because you are po- po- focusing on the negative so much. I remember I went to, uh, when I went to Texas the first time, from Africa. <laughs> Amen. And I, and I went, at that time the school had not yet um, opened, but I went a few weeks or a week before the school opened, something like that. And I went to a store, a convenience store, not far away from campus. It was very, very hot. And I went there to buy a few provisions. Do you get it? And one of the things I was buying was banana. Do you get it? And the person who was behind the counter was a, a white lady. And there was nobody in the store. We were alone, me and her. It was a very quiet uh, place. So, I don't know. You see, right now, with hindsight, I can think of what was happening. But at that time, my mind was very negative about something. So, she, she asked me a simple question. Do you like bananas? <laughs> Sister Elizabeth. <laughs> so, okay, Brother Francis, I have come to the store. I am buying, what else I was buying? I don't remember, but I remember the banana part. I am buying a lot of things, and among which is what? Bananas. So, so why would she ask me, do you like bananas? Anybody, brother, brother, brother <laughs> Nick, if you are, if you are uh, trying to be some way, or if you are trying to paint a negative connotation, what are the things that will come to your mind? Senior monkey come for bananas. That's exactly what came to my mind. It's a Felicia, you're not even thinking of that because you, your mind seems to be pure. But, but that is what I thought about. First of all, I'm black. I'm the only black guy. Since I was coming to this store, I didn't even meet any white person. And then you are a young person. Maybe you have not seen a black person before. And just because I'm black, I'm coming to buy, you, are, you think I'm a monkey, huh? But you, see, <laughs> but you see, years later, years later, I was thinking about this whole episode. It, it was a disgrace, you know, a disgrace for me to, be, be, to react that way. But, but I, I, I think that perhaps, A, she was afraid. B, she wanted to make a conversation. Do you get it? Because it's obvious that I like banana. That's why I'm buying banana. Why would she ask? Sometimes people can ask just to make conversation. That is what I think today. But on that day, <laughs> maybe it was just about five or six or something like that. But, <laughs> but, 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 but. But, but, but it's possible. It's po- maybe, maybe people don't usually, but people buy maybe two. And I'm buying seven. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I will survive. 
I will shine. Number 19 is I will shine. Number 20 is I will not stay down forever. Number 20 is I will not stay down forever. But you see, I would like to go back and dwell on one point and read the verse and then, and then we'll be out of here. When your mind works a certain way, everything comes that way to you. When your mind thinks that people I'm, I'm, I'm going to be favored, people are going to favor me, do you get it? You will begin to notice how people have been favoring you all along and you didn't even see. And you begin to see all the good things. Hallelujah. And then, and then even things that you would have been upset about. Because if you believe you are blessed, if you believe that God is on your side, that's the mindset of the can-do man. If you believe you are blessed, then even when somebody tries to do you harm, you are not too bothered because you believe that even the harm can be used for good. Amen. That's what David did. When somebody wanted to, somebody insulted him and his servants wanted to kill the guy, David said, leave him alone. Perhaps the Lord has sent him to just teach me humility. That's, most people don't think that way. Because most of us, we will use brute force and kill the person right there. Hallelujah. So I'm going back to the point, you know, actually two points that are related. It is not too late to learn something new. It is not too late to start. Hallelujah. And I want to read something from uh, Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. And I want to read about a man called Caleb. Because it is a classic example of how you don't let the chronology of time or you don't let age the way you are. Because you see, age is one of those things that you can make define you. Amen. You hear somebody who is a, who is um, uh, turning 40. You know, there's a way they say it. I think you get, you turn what? Over the hill. That's 40. I'm over the hill. Or sometimes we say, I hate the big 4 <laughs> One day, one day after I got 40, I was talking to somebody who I didn't know her age. And I thought, you know, a lot of people around were, were, were much younger. So, because in certain circles, if you could say you are older, it's better. It's only in some circles that people laugh at older age. But I wanted, I thought I was the oldest person. So I said, I'm, I'm 40. Is then she said, you're a baby. <laughs> you're a baby. I found out that she was 50-something. But she's not behaving like a, 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 what do you call it, an old person. What I'm saying is that age can be in your mind. Hallelujah. It can be, age can be in your mind. And you see, in terms of the can-do man, there are a lot of things that an older person can also do. Amen. But if you sign yourself out, that, oh, as for me, I mean, where I've reached, I mean, that's the end of me. It's not a good idea, as we are going to read about Caleb. So let's start from verse 5. And the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. So keep in mind that Moses could not lead the people to the promised land because the Lord killed him just before they entered the land. Do you remember the story? And so Joshua was asked to lead the people. Okay? And so when they got to the land, well, before Moses died, Moses gave them instructions. Who should get which part of the land? So Joshua had the blueprint. So Judah and Benjamin, you should get this place. Naphtali and who? Manasseh, get this place. So they had the map. Do you get it? So this is what this verse is saying, that they divided the land. All right, keep going. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Canaanite, said unto him, okay, can we switch to uh, King James? 
I'm in New King James. Okay? Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, you, if you remember, Joshua and Caleb were among the 12 spies. Is that not so? There were 12 spies, one from each of the, of the 12 tribes. And Je Caleb was from, from uh, the, the, the tribe of Judah. And then, and then um, Joshua was from the tribe of Ephraim. But the other tribes, the other 10 tribes, their leaders, the spies brought a bad report. If you remember from, I think, Numbers 13, we read it a few weeks ago. So now, Caleb came to Joshua. Because keep in mind that at the time that they were spies, Caleb and Joshua were peers. Is that not so? Like they were together, people that Moses had sent. But now, at this point in time, when they have entered the land, Joshua is Caleb's boss. Joshua is the leader of the whole nation. Is that not so? And Caleb is coming to him with a request. You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea is the place where they had come. And they were now trying to proceed to the promised land. And they stand spies and then they came back. And the Bible said that every person who complained, every person who didn't have faith, God didn't let them enter the promised land. Hallelujah. Of the generation that left Egypt, only Joshua and Caleb entered. Amen. The rest of them were born in the in the in the in the wilderness. You know, brother <laughs> Dr. Nick. It's amazing. In this wilderness experience that people are doing all kinds of things and it's amazing. You you will not think you will not think a lot of things were going on. But 40 years is a long time too. 40 years in the wilderness is a long time. So Caleb is reminding Joshua something Moses promised. Keep going. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Amen? Amen. This is many years after the fact. Listen to the guy. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I followed, the, I wholly followed the Lord my God. So in other words, faith is also means following wholly the word of the Lord. Okay, so Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Pause there for a moment. Moses is dead, but Joshua is reading what is written concerning him. This is how faith, or, 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 faith works. You look at the Bible, something that is written about you, you use it to bargain with God. You use it to pray. Now, Joshua, Caleb is coming to Joshua and reminding Joshua something Moses said. So if, if Moses promised me, it's like, you have a boss. Do you get it? And then the boss promised you something. And it's written in your review uh, HR file. And then the boss has left. And so long as it's written that the new boss has come, you say, look, this thing was promised me. It is written down in my HR file. You can't, you can't deny me. Amen. So this is what Caleb is doing. That... Let's go to uh, the next verse. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. This is Caleb speaking. The Lord has kept me alive. And he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am, this day, 85 years old. So at the time Caleb is bringing his request to Caleb, he's what? 85 years old. Hallelujah. And he's reminding Joshua about the land that Moses promised. That what was the land? Well, pause here. Let's jump to uh, Deuteronomy chapter one and uh, I think verse thirty-six. Because Moses, before he died, he rehearsed the law 
and important things, he rehearsed it in the hearing of Israel. So I think in Deuteronomy 1, 36, Moses said it. Because in case Joshua is lying, we can, we can refer to that. Let me see if I can find it quickly here. Deuteronomy 1. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so start from 35. Surely, not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give to your fathers. Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it. And to him and his children, I am giving the land on which he walked. Because he, he followed, he wholly followed the Lord. Hallelujah. So now switch back to Joshua 14. So you see, this is something Moses said that when they want to spy the land, where, where Caleb walked, Moses promised that it would be for him and his descendants. And now, 45 years later, he's reminding Joshua of that request, of that promise. Hallelujah. And so now, these 45 years, okay, I'm now 85 years old. Next verse. We are going all the way to 15. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Hey, 85-year-old man. He said, my strength, I'm ready to fight. Both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were the, the, Anakim were the giants. And that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Hallelujah. And Joshua blessed him. Maybe we'll leave at a stop at 13. Joshua blessed him and, and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hallelujah. So what's going on here is that, you see, Caleb, I don't even know why he waited for 45 years, but perhaps many things were going on. Caleb had every reason to give up on the promise. Amen. Number one, the person who promised it was dead. Joshua has a lot of what? Trouble, deciding of cases, responsibilities. Joshua is my friend. I don't want to bother him. Sometimes it baffles me. People tell me after church on Sunday, that, Rev, I wanted to come and talk to you, uh, but I don't, I don't want to bother you. Ah, <laughs> you, you are not serious. If you need something, you are not thinking too much about whether you are bothering somebody. Go for it. Hallelujah. I would rather you bother me until I'm tired and I go home like this, so tired, than you not bothering me and going, going on with your issue. Hallelujah. But he had every reason not to go because he could say, maybe Joshua won't give it to me. Or maybe Moses is dead. Maybe Joshua is too busy. Or maybe even if he gives it to me, now I'm 85. I've done a lot in life. Look, I don't want to bother myself. Have we seen rich people still working so hard, trying to get more money? Yeah. Is it not amazing that a rich person, <laughs> do you get it? You, you would think that they, they wouldn't want more. But rich people even actually work harder. And if you do the math, it's actually why they are rich. And the poor is poorer because they are not working harder. All other things being equal. Amen. And so the mindset of a can-do person is that, look, I'm not too old for this. I can still do this. He, you see, he remembered the promise. And he brought a reference back to the Lord that this is what the Lord has said. This is what God has said. This is what Moses promised me. And so my age is not going to be a factor. I mean, this is not somebody who is like 
thinking of something out of the blue, he still had a little room there for humility. Do you get it? You may say this guy is blowing his own horn, but he had a little room for when he said that it may be that the Lord will help me get this land. But on his part, on his side, he decided that age is not going to be a factor. So me, I've told myself, I am not going to. If this 85-year-old guy, because you see, people are thinking of retirement. Have you heard the expression, we are not retiring, we are refiring? It's not retirement time, it's refiring time. Because you see, when you condition your mind that you are retiring, your body would respond. And then immediately, you begin to lose certain vital things. Hallelujah. <laughs> you begin to lose vitality in, 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 in all parts. Amen. No, don't accept, don't accept, don't accept that this thing is above me. Amen. Because, because it used to be on the, on, the, on the basis of gender, on the basis of gender, it used to be that, oh, you know, certain, certain vehicles, they say a, a lady can, could, cannot drive. But it was only a mindset. At the point when they remove all those things, ladies are driving big trucks and all those things. It's, it's not... And that's your wow, <laughs> wow. You see, it, 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 it's when I traveled to Norway, then I saw very old people, old ladies riding bicycles, and I've never seen that in my life ever. It was it was mind blowing to me. Amen. So please, don't retire too soon, and decide to have the mind of a Kanduma like Caleb. That I am 85, but I'm ready for war. Amen. Hallelujah. None of us here is 85. So then, if Caleb could do it, maybe the war that Caleb fought is not the war you will fight. Hallelujah. But have a mind that I'm not too old to go to school. Hallelujah. I'm not too old to do this. I'm not. Just tell yourself that you can do it because you are a can-do person. Put your hands together unto the Lord. All right. So let us have a word of prayer as we invite Dr. Dazi and Samantha to bring their son here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful to you for you are good and all your ways are perfect. We thank you for the word of the Lord and we ask you, let it reside in our hearts. Let the word energize us. Grant us, Lord, renewed strength for the promises of God and to keep going forward and not back down in Jesus' name. Amen.